Welcome to Early Intervention Matters, the podcast that helps parents, teachers and health professionals understand the diagnosis, treatment, care and support of children with autism, ADHD, Tourette's and other neurodevelopmental challenges. Your host, Dr. Inyang Takon, is a consultant neurodevelopment paediatrician and she will provide insight through interviews, answering questions and breaking down complicated topics. By sharing stories from parents and professionals in the field, we hope to make sense of what can be an overwhelming topic. Early intervention is crucial with children with developmental difficulties. Yes, early intervention matters. And now, here's your host, Dr. Inyan Takon. Today I'm being interviewed by Emma Bassi, who is going to be asking me questions about our podcast series. So relax and enjoy this series. Thank you. Dr. Ian Takon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank okay. you, Amy. Okay, so um, what I want to do today is I want to ask you a few questions. Um, you have a podcast coming up, the Early Intervention Matters podcast, but it's a podcast that's going to be launched very soon. And I want you to just give us the lowdown so that we can get to hear your story and you tell us who the podcast is for. So um, could you just say hello and tell us who you are? So hello, everyone. Um, again, Dr. Yang Takon. I'm a pediatrician, a consultant pediatrician who's practicing in the UK. Um, but I have practiced for many years in Nigeria. I've actually been in the UK now for 20 one going on 22 years, and I started my medical degree and also did a postgraduate in Nigeria before coming over to the UK. And the reason why I decided to launch this podcast series was when I trained in Nigeria, it was a different kind of focus that we had. It was more on dealing with what we call acute medicine or acute pediatrics, so treating very sick children, who came into hospitals and we were more um, trained towards dealing with those crises and making children well. But what struck me as I was ending my career then was that there, were, there was another field for children who had difficulties, long st- disabilities and um, disorders which I never knew anything about when I was in Nigeria. And when I came over to the UK, that was an area that I got very interested in. And I actually came over to the UK to further my study in that area. And then I discovered that actually we had lots of children needing similar services all over the world. And I felt then that I really needed to, you know, get more in and learn this. But saying that, being in the UK as well, Having gone through this practice and had this experience, I found out that there was still a lot that could be done. One, we were diagnosing children late because people were presenting later. Families didn't were not aware of when their children had difficulties. Mm. And also people didn't know what signs to expect or what to, to you know, what to um, make of what concerns their child had. And as a result, when children are diagnosed later, there's more difficulty in actually getting help in early. And what we do know with these conditions is that 
early intervention results in better outcomes. What, what, was, what, was the, what would you say was like a turning point, something that made you like say, you know, oh, I really need to just pay attention to this early intervention, um, you know, as where your, the focus of your attention is? Well, the, the turning point for me was that I could see children who were picked up early and had the support and things got better. What do you mean by picked up? So children who in the clinics who were identified, so those who were referred early and we did assessments early and they got their diagnosis early, we could quickly give them the support they needed. And being a pediatrician that follows up children for a long time, I saw the difference it made when children got diagnosed earlier and had the support and had the interventions and actually became better as opposed to when they got diagnosed late and all the problems that they would have, you know, experienced both for the child and the family and all the distresses that the child would have had, Mm. you know, in school, in the society and the fact that things were more complex at that time. Um, I, I then felt that there were so many reasons. One, parents didn't know where to go, didn't know who, where to seek help from, and didn't know that there was actually things that, you know, there were things that could be done to improve the child's life. And yeah. also there were also myths in some, you know, some people had different, you know, perceptions about coming forth of their child. So as a pediatrician, is it that you were hearing the same myths over and over again or the same questions over and over again? Yes, you know, I was, whenever you see your patients or your 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 pa- the parents. Yes, I was hearing very similar problems coming up from parents. So it was quite interesting when you ask parents about some of these concerns when they started. Some parents didn't even know some of those things were concerning. So I was picking this up that some parents didn't even know that these were early symptoms that they needed to seek help for, and I felt that. You just there remind me of um, when my son was, he used to play with um, these wheels. He used to play with anything that spins. So anything that spins. So wheels, tires, yeah. pots, lids, and all. Yeah, And, you know, he he would go to shops and he would roll the tin cans on the... On the, the I thought it was just, you know, like, you know, something that he likes playing with. I didn't realize that, oh, this was a very... You know, one of very common, one of those common um, signs of things. So things like that. So parents not yes. even realizing or they not know. realizing mm. or thinking it was maybe naughty behavior. So a child who went into a noisy place and started having a meltdown and screaming, and people, everybody looking at the parent and saying, "What's wrong with your child?" Mm. The ch- parents would get very distressed without realizing that actually. That child was overwhelmed with sensory input, and that could be an early sign of something to seek for. So some parents may think, this child is just naughty, so naughty. And everybody else would think they're bad parents. So we kept on hearing a lot of this, which is why we felt that giving parents the tools to make them you know, know when their concerns and seeking help early mm, mm. is very important. Yeah, yeah. So why do you think now is, I mean, why why is it important now more than ever 
what you're doing or you know what you're trying to do so one of the one of the reasons that has um, made me really want to do this is that we're getting a lot of um, referrals or I'm seeing a lot of children being diagnosed later and later and later. And as you know, I work in the NHS. There's a massive waiting list to see patients. And I've also done some work internationally. So I've kept going back to Nigeria to do some work. And it's even worse there because people don't know. Um, the awareness is not even there. So looking at that, that those factors made me think it's not just something I can solve in the clinic. It can't just be me sitting down and seeing the children who are referred one patient at a time. It's not that. It's actually me going out and giving the message out so that people can listen to these messages. It might be for them. It might be for a family member. It might be for a neighbor. But just somebody who can hear this message and say, actually, I think this might be something that we need to look into. We should get help early. So that's that's the reason why um, I decided to do this now. Okay. Um, what you said just reminds me again of um, as you as you may or may not know, my listeners, as you may or may not know, I have um, I'm the mom of two autistic sons. But what you said just reminds me that when my when my second son was being diagnosed or tested and being diagnosed, it was easier than the first one because we kind of like could see, in fact, we saw the sign, we could now recognize the signs, you know, because we had gone through it with the first boy. So um, that bit of knowledge, because I mean, when you think about oh, what you're doing and that you're trying to educate people, one, one, one mind might say to you, oh, so what if you make the person know more about what the thing is, but sometimes it might just be being able to recognize the signs, to know what kind of help to ask for, you know, that kind of thing, instead of having to learn by trial and error kind of thing, you know? So I do remember it was much easier. We saw this, we, we actually didn't even want to see the signs, but mm. we saw the signs mm. in the second one that, oh, this is, it's looking like he's still, ha he's having the same problems. So when you were going to get the diagnosis, it was almost just a confirmation of what we had already suspected. So yeah, I think, you know, having just a bit more knowledge, not as much as you though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ha tell, tell us about your um, qualifications, your, your um, plenty school, the plenty school that you went to. <laughs> well, I would say that um, I had my, you know, foundations in Nigeria, in the mm. University of Nigeria. Mm. So um, after secondary, primary and secondary school in Nigeria, I went, I attended um, University of Ibadan and the medical school there was University of Ibadan Medical School and University College Hospital um, Ibadan. So I finished my um, medical degree there, did all the housemanship in Ibadan as well, and then did my youth service. Following that, I then did a fellowship. So I did a postgraduate residency in um, Lagos yeah, University Teaching Hospital, Hospital, where I, you know, from after that, qualified to be a consultant there. 
But because at the time I'd finished, I really wanted, like I've said to you, I started getting more interested in more learning up more. So you were already a pediatrician in, yes. in Nigeria? I was. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I'd already qualified as, as a, a pediatrician, pediatrician in Nigeria. Okay. So I've got the fellowship of the West African College of Physicians in Nigeria. Um, and then I was so keen on learning more about neurology. As I said to you, getting more training in those subspecialties wasn't really there in Nigeria. And that's what I was really keen on doing. So I was lucky um, to get a, a World Bank scholarship to come into the UK um, when I did to the University College London. And I did a master's there. And after that, I felt it's been great. It's I've learned a lot from the master's, but then I wanted to get more practical clinical experience. So I then decided to do more postgraduate training in the UK. And that took me down to Scotland, where I spent several years in Scotland, okay. training in, in the hospitals there. So and then, training and working as well. So that's training yeah, and working. working. And then okay. came over to... Um, Great Ormond Street um, Hospital in, in London, where I did, um, you know, my more neurology training and epilepsy. So that was really great experience for me. And it's following that I got uh, a consultant job in the hospital where I work, where it's been great because I've been doing a lot of work in this area. Um, I've been in my job now for, this is, I keep thinking how old, <laughs> how old I sound when I say this, but this is going to be my 17th year as oh, a wow. consultant pediatrician in, in at the Kirito Hospital where I work. Oh, wow. And I also practice independently. I do private work as well. And in between that, I've done lots of other studies and uh, gotten okay. a few other masters. So what are the, um, for those of us lay people, what are the, the um, conditions that you, you, um, come across what are the conditions that come to you you know I know there's epilepsy and there's autism so what else so I see children with what we call a wide range of neurodevelopmental disorders so neurodevelopmental means anything that affects the brain um, as a child is growing up from birth to when the child is growing up so I see children who've got um, autism spectrum disorder attention deficit hyperactivity disorder I see children with tick disorders and Tourette syndrome. I see children with epilepsy. So I run specialist epilepsy clinics um, in the hospital and also within the community in special schools. And I also um, do some neurology as well. So I do clinics um, with the uh, consultants who come all the way from Cambridge and we see children with different neurological disorders. And I see children who have other conditions, developmental delay. So any child who's got delay in their development, I will see children with genetic disorders, children with cerebral palsy and any motor disorders, I see them. And I see children, and I've also got um, expertise in seeing children with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which is one of the, the, one we just the, about, the, the yeah. areas that I'm really interested in. So I see children with a wide range of conditions, including children with sleep difficulties um, for many reasons. So as part of my work, it's usually down to the basics first and try and understand 
what has happened with the child. I examine them and then do investigations. And for some children, I see them regularly. And that's the rewarding part for me because I've got the um, benefit of being in the life of that child okay, so until they there. get to adulthood, mm. which mm. is usually um, quite a great thing to see, to see the how the child has done throughout. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, back to the your podcast. So your early intervention matters. Who would you say this podcast is for? So first of all, I would say this podcast is for everybody because um, it is not just the family that is affected that should learn about this. The aim is for everybody to be educated on what it is and how a child with neurodevelopmental disorder presents because there might be that one person who would actually see that child and say, I think this is what is happening, even when the families don't know. So we are each other's keeper. And I keep saying it's better for everybody to be educated, not only to signpost the family, but also to understand actually how those children present. This brings me back to um, a situation that happened when we visited Nigeria and we wanted to um, get a Nigerian passports renewed. Mm. Um, we went into waiting for, um, you know, where we went to renew this. This was my, myself, yeah. my husband. That was in Nigeria. Myself, my husband, and my two daughters. And it was very, very busy. It was so busy. And in front of me was a lady um, who had a son who was very distressed. He was so distressed. And anytime it got to him having his photograph taken, he had a huge scream and meltdown. And the people um, doing the passport kept telling the woman to go out. Take him away. And go and calm him down before they bring him back. He was very distressed. He came back three times and the same thing happened. I remember saying to my husband, I think that boy is autistic. And my husband saying, how can you say that? What do you, why can you just sit down and, and look at the boy and say, I think he's autistic. Mm. And then the next time the mother came in, she said to the cameraman, I don't think he's going to stay. He's autistic, you know. And I just thought this would have been so important for everybody working there to, to, rear, to, to be realize. aware. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just the families that are affected. It's everybody people who come across children every day and so that they can appreciate what these families are going to and they would know how to support the parents and the children better. Okay. I think we have said everything that needs to be said. Thank you so much. So where can we find you um, online? So you can find me on www.drtacon.com um, for my podcast series and you can also find me on www.school-doctor.com. School so doctor. School Doctor is a neurodevelopmental online service, um, which I'm one of the co-founders of. And you, if you visit that website, you will get a lot of information about what we do and how to access support and diagnostic assessments if you want that. So... That's where to find me. And the Clubhouse people? And for those on Clubhouse, I host a weekly Friday 8 to 9 p.m. series. It's um, I host it with 
other colleagues of mine, um, some of whom are on school doctor as well. But it's a very informative um, session where we have different topics and it's free for anyone to come in and listen and ask questions. You get lots of experts on the panel, child psychiatrists, pediatricians, speech and language therapies. We've got expert parents and we've got young ambassadors as well who've, who've done really well and are there to support. So do join us um, 8 to 9 p.m. if you're on Clubhouse. On Fridays. On Fridays. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Takon. And thanks for coming to the show. I hope you do check out her. I, I, um, I am a parent, but then I'm also a concerned um, citizen as well. So I really hope you check out her podcast. You can find her at drtakon.com or any intervention matters podcast, which will be on everywhere podcasts can be found, iTunes, Spotify, and so on. And I will see you next week where we'll be meeting some other interesting people that I think is worth you knowing. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we hope you can you will visit us at our podcast series. Thank you. As we always say, early intervention leads to better outcome. An early intervention can only be achieved by early diagnosis. So thank you for listening into the series today. Uh, I know some of the things we've talked about today would probably have generated some questions or need to seek clarification. So I'm happy to take questions and I'll invite you to send your questions to eim at drtacon.com. Thank you for listening in.